Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for sharing the podcast. And I hope you are still having a joyful 2022. Happy New Year. We say Happy New Year. Why can't we say it in July, right? Can we only say it the first couple days of January? Come on. Come on now. So are you having a joyful New Year? If you're a Christian, you've got the joy of the Lord, which is your strength, because of the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, can't wait to talk to Jay Siegert and catch up with him this morning, but I just got to take care of some business real quick. We've got some headlines to discuss uh, after we open up. But I do want to remind you, uh, thank you for reminding me, friends. Uh, every couple days I like to mention the January book offer that uh, we make no money from. Just our expenses will get covered. We're selling all four books Um, Eradicate, Blotting Out God in America, The Cost of Our Silence, Redefining Truth, and my latest book, Canceling Christianity for $35. All four books, if you're local, come by, pick them up. $35, that's $8 and change per book. And uh, one of the books is like 372 pages or something like that. But um, if you're outside of Wisconsin, email comments at standupforthetruth.com. Or you can call 800-979-9010. So all four books, $35 plus postage if you're outside of the area. That would be about $43. Um, And you can use uh, PayPal. Anyway, the address, if you need to send a check, is on the website, I think, standupforthetruth.com. If not, it's at q90fm.com. Okay, um, it's interesting. uh, I came across this. It's not really yet as an article on Bob Saget's death. And we're going to talk about that in a minute and how it just you'll you'll hang on there. You're going to appreciate this. Plus a new poll out. There's a lot of polls, but this poll is about how Americans perceive things going in the country and in the world. And that's what Jay Siegert and I are going to talk about today. Uh, Prepping propaganda and proclaiming the gospel. Father in heaven, thank you for another day. Thank you for sustaining us. We cast our cares over on you. We give you our burdens right now. And we thank you, God, for carrying us at times when we need to be carried and giving us the strength to walk, the strength to run. We know that uh, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. And we pray that we would be transformed also by the renewing of our minds. So thank you in this new month, in this new year, that we can still look to you, Jesus, as the one who is and will make all things new. Uh, We love you and praise you. Continue to do your work in us by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Jay Seeger back with us, author, international speaker, the managing director of the Starting Point Project. Jay, welcome back, brother. Hey, it's always good to be on the program with you. How are you today? Yes, I'm doing well, and uh, so are most of our listeners. We've been hearing from people uh, little by little, but uh, Jay, we're going to get into, you have a question of the month on your website that you post every month, and I like this one that you put up uh, recently. Um, Are you a prepper? And uh, before we get into that, though, I've got, this this might tie in and lead into what we're going to be talking about. Um, because Christians should be prepared, but what should we be prepared for, and how should we, we respond to cultural events, world events? Um, to only 26% of Americans now see things as going well in America. That may be a historic low. And this is a CBS News YouGov poll, so it's probably even worse than that. Only 26% see things going well. Um, Americans are disapproving of the way the O'Biden administration is handling the economy by uh, 62% disapprove. And the inflation that has been driven up since uh, Biden took over, uh, people are disapproving of the inflation by 70%. 
and his handling of the pandemic has dipped below 50% approval. So, Jay, people say, even Democrats, Republicans, it doesn't matter who you are, citizens living in America say things are not going well. One more thing, and then we'll dive into your article. Are you a prepper? You can walk us through some of the steps like you did in the article. Um, I got this thing in the mail, a COVID-19 activity in De Pere, Wisconsin. De Pere, if you're listening online from across the country, De Pere, Wisconsin is right next to Green Bay, Wisconsin, probably a couple miles, eight miles or less, a couple miles. Um, And they've got red marks, red stars by these five words. And then they go into detail and explain what you need to do. It says vaccinate, mask, test, isolate yourself, quarantine. And these are all things put out by the city. And uh, so I don't know. All all the people I know, Jay, are are doing most of them are doing pretty well. Some of us have had covid. Um, Some of us are still working. Most of us are still working. And so according to the media and some cities and what I would call I don't know what this is. I wouldn't call it propaganda necessarily, but. The fear has been trumped up so high, so dramatically. I've never seen this before in my life when the media, the government, Hollywood and cities are working and public schools are working. It seems like they're just creating more fear. Jay, your thoughts on that before we dive into are you a prepper? Sure. Uh, Well, fear works very well for controlling people, whether it's nefarious or not. When people are fearful, they're looking for solutions, and you can even go to a potentially extreme solution. They say, whatever it takes, we'll do it. Just make it better. Fix it for us. And we've seen that in my lifetime, more fear in this country right now than I've ever seen before. Yes. And it's largely because it involves something that's a little bit out of the reach of most people. When uh, when they tell you something is happening with how many people are dying, how many people are getting sick, how many people are in ventilators, all those statistics, most people are not in a position to know if those statistics are correct or not, if it's being interpreted properly. And they just and then they hear it on every station and CBS and ABC and CNN and <laughs> on and on. Yep. So that that kind of adds to the fact that it must must be true because they're all saying it and <laughs> and they're the ones who are doing the cutting edge research. So if they've researched it, um, it's settled science. Uh, time for debate is over. Now we're getting our marching orders and, you know, we need to do this or we may die. So the fear is extremely powerful in achieving another agenda. You know, they say that the issue is never the issue. And I don't think COVID is really truly the issue right now. It's just a useful tool. Yes. But when people are fearful, they're open to uh, having whatever marching orders you give them. And it is sad because you just, you see it all around us, you know, fear, fear, fear. And obviously the Bible tells us we're not to fear, but to trust God. You you still take wise steps along the way, but Mm -hmm. people have kind of given up common sense and critical thinking skills. (laughs) Plus, we have not been given a spirit of fear, the Bible says, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And, I mean, it's true, Jay, that we are all going to die unless Jesus returns before we die. And he is going to return. And according, he's, he will make do, make good on his promises. But um, assuming he doesn't return in our lifetimes, 10 out of 10 people die, or as some say, one out of one. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, and... What's happening now, though, people are starting to maybe panic a little bit. Uh, There are preppers, and you mentioned the different extremes of people knowing something's not going— like like this poll, uh, knowing something's not going well. Uh, Only 26% of Americans think things are going well. I don't know where they're living. Maybe they're in, I don't know, Hawaii, uh, but but even there, you know— there are lockdowns and mandates and things. How can even 26% say things are going well? So that's a low number. And so people know something is up. I'm trying to tie this to Bible prophecy and what we are going to be experiencing as we get closer to the end times. We are in the church age. We are in the last days. But we are not to fear. We have a job. We have a commission, don't we, Jay? The Great Commission. And we need to continue to be about God's business. Yeah, the you know, sometimes I tell people the bad news is um, not only have things always been getting a little worse over the years, morally things have always kind of crept 
that direction. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, recently the wheels have fallen off and it's just gone exponential with how crazy things are. And so you could focus on that, get very panicked and fearful and worried and depressed and all those things. Um, but what's interesting is that's the bad news. The good news is God isn't asking any of us to change that or even slow it down, fix it, anything. He's asking us to witness, to share the gospel, to make disciples. And the worse things get around us, the easier it should be to spend time communicating with people and offering them the hope that we have. So when we get our focus off of how bad things look, and, you know, they, they look bad, but they and they could get much worse. And they, uh, if you look at the scripture, yeah, it's going to get worse. We should be expecting that, knowing it's going to happen keeping our focus on what does God want us to do individually. We, we can't change the world. He's not asking for that, but he's asking us for, to look for these opportunities around us. And the other way of looking at this logically as a Christian, when you look at Scripture, when it describes uh, events that happen in the end times, some of them seem very extreme. It would be easy to write them off, well, that's just crazy. That's way out there. But the Bible talks about it very straightforwardly, very matter-of-factly. Those things are going to happen. And if those things really are going to happen. You don't just get there overnight. You work into it. And so I see a lot of the events happening around us are leading towards those types of things. We should be expecting it. We shouldn't be surprised. And we could actually use it as a platform to get into conversations with people to say, yeah, it is bad, but this this was actually all predicted. Yes. And it's not random. There is a plan for the end. Are you curious to hear what it is? And they probably would be very curious. Yes. And what what also is predicted, Jay Siegert, is persecution, the persecution of Christians. It's happening worldwide. And in America, we're seeing more and more, uh, I mean, you might call it soft persecution, but nonetheless, it's discrimination against Christians. It's framing Christians as the problem, the evil ones, the bad guys, the intolerant group. Um, very interesting, and now it's going, we, we know that, it, it, from public school to the media to government to corporations, so they, we know how they feel about Christians or what they think, but now they're even going further and framing people with just basic, you know, good people with somewhat of a moral uh, character and conservative ideals. Really briefly, I want to get your response to this, and then we'll continue to, to uh, look at Are You a Prepper? Um, over at peterheck.com, he sent out this fascinating headline from The Sun. I believe it's a paper magazine, The Sun, the U.S. Sun, S-U-N. Not that believers needed any reminder that this world is not our home, but it, it was nice of The Sun <laughs> to confirm what we already know on this cover story on the death of comedian and actor Bob Saget. It says, I got the picture right here. It says, House of Pain, inside the curse of Full House, the TV program Full House, with stars plagued by, uh, before I continue, there's one, two, three, four stars of that show, and Bob Saget's right in the middle. Stars plagued by arrests, drug addictions, and eating disorders, before Bob Saget's death. And in one corner, it's got one of the gals, and her plague or whatever is conservative views. And I thought, oh. boy, that's entry- interesting. So one of them, there's a woman in the, in the front page, troubled relationships. And then there's another one, DUI. Then there's another one, male fraud. I don't remember her name, but they are, they're the ones that tried to get their daughters into some college and cheated to get there and lied, whatever. And then there's another one, um, I think that might be Candace Cameron Bure or something like that. Conservative views. So that's a plague. And then they compare that to Bob Saget dying. So conservative views, Jay, are one of the things that are that cursed the uh, uh, the actors of Full House. Your your thoughts on this really open discrimination against those who have either Christian or conservative views? Yeah, it's certainly shifted. Obviously, our country was founded largely on Christian principles. It doesn't mean every founder was a Christian, but it's just you can't argue against the fact that it was you know, established on those principles. And the further we've gotten away from that, the, uh, the, the lower view that Christians have had in the community, usually the church used to be the pillar of a community, and the, the Christians were generally pretty good examples of that. And even those who weren't Christians lived most for the most part by Christian principles, but that has changed quite a bit. And now the 
churches largely. There are many exceptions, but a lot of the churches have become kind of quiet and they're just doing their own thing, don't want to bother anybody or stand out or take a stance on anything controversial. So they're really a a non-entity in this country is moving away from God and under his authority, and we are reaping the the uh, strategies of, of that. And so what I'm seeing, yeah, and, you know, used to be you tell someone you're a Christian, it's like, oh, that great. They would assume a bunch of positive things about you. Now it's not a good thing to say that you're a Christian and there's a lot more persecution and it's caused a lot of people to even change their lifestyles and not go to church so much because they don't want to be associated with that. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, it's everything is going upside down. But again, when you think of it this way, too, uh, Jesus was here roughly 2,000 years ago, and he was absolutely perfect. Everything he did was right and faultless, yet people hated him and they killed him. So if you think about that, what chance do we have? And the answer is none. We have no chance. But again, the good news is God isn't saying, make sure everyone likes you and they're happy with you and they, you get along with everyone so well. He's not asking us to do that. He's asking us to speak the truth in love. And when you do that, he guarantees us that we're going to have persecution. And we're seeing it at a level now that's making many Christians much more uncomfortable. Before, it wasn't really a big deal, but it's, it's starting to creep up there. And uh, eventually we may see the persecution that others have lived with for years in other countries. Yes, and it's, it's, it's growing, increasing here. And as you mentioned in your article, um, it makes most people think about the future, uh, what's ahead, what else might be coming down the road. And also, Jay, I would say that it makes it even makes some Christians think <laughs> that, yeah. that things might be happening, uh, uh, signs of the times, signs of the end times that we like to look at in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Daniel, the book of Revelation. Many are occurring in our day, and as you say, even many non-Christians sense, quote, something big is coming, and you mention economic indicators. Um telling us of potentially perilous times ahead. You also mentioned that some are taking serious steps and preparing for a, quote, doomsday scenario. So would you like to just share, we have a couple, three minutes left in this segment, but just uh, your thoughts on the doomsday scenario, how we can really take this, look at it as in extreme opposites, it seems, but we need to have a balanced approach to this. Yeah, it is. Uh, in the remaining minutes we have, I would just, summarized by saying there are some seriously bad things happening, and it could very easily get worse. And if you take the Bible seriously, we kind of expect it to get worse. So in light of that, we do need to prepare, but obviously you can go too far and you can go not far enough. You know, I I know some people who they're a little out there and they have, you know, hunkered down and, you know, bomb shelters and you know, enough food to last them for, you know, 30 years, and they've kind of disconnected from society. And, you know, my opinion, just my opinion, it's probably going a little too far, and they're not focusing at all on, you know, sharing their faith with anyone. They're just kind of hiding out to to last it out, wait it out, and survive. Uh, that's not what God calls us to do. So you can go too far with it, and but you can also go on the other extreme, and I, I probably am a little too close to the other extreme where maybe haven't done enough you know, some reasonable things to have some, you know, maybe a generator for backup power, yeah, which can be used for many occasions, even if things don't get terrible around us in the country. And um, so there are some steps that you can take, and each person needs to pray about what's appropriate for them. So we definitely need to have a balance. But on top of that whole thing, our primary focus should be, okay, God, I need to ultimately trust you to watch over me as I carry out your <clears throat> command, your calling to be talking to my neighbor and coworkers and, you know, people uh, around us versus, you know, okay, I can't change the world, so therefore I'm going to do nothing and I'm just going to survive. We've got a minute left, and I'm going to quote you, and we're going to come back and talk about this, Jay Siegert. Great um, part of your article here where you say, um, what are we going, what are we doing to help those who don't know Christ? Because we can be too self-focused. We can be too self-consumed. When we die— I don't think God is going to say, congratulations, you did an awesome job of hunkering down and surviving through all the mayhem. I love that quote. We're going to talk more about that when we come back and get that focus. Part of our focus has to be on others and doing what God has us here to do. Jay Siegert is with us, the Starting Point Project. 
And uh, also when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about what's happening maybe over in Sweden. Some fascinating things. And yes, they are prophetic when we come back. Are you a prepper? More on Stand Up For The Truth in just a minute. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. So, uh, Jay, you reminded me, uh, Jay Siegert, of this song, uh, this commercial. Um, I'm a pepper. (laughs) You're a pepper. He's a pepper. She's a pepper. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper, too? And you (laughs) kind of played on that, and now you're saying, are you a prepper? Um, That's the question you're asking this month um, that you put out on your website. And let's continue. Um, Are we helping bring people with us as we are preparing to go to heaven? That's what we are preppers for. We are preppers in this life only to get ready for the next. And God is continuing to mold us and make us into his image. We are conforming to the image of Christ little by little. Um, uh, Jay, get back to your article, your, your thoughts on Christians and preparing, not really for what's to come here. Yes, it's good to take reasonable steps. As you said, you mentioned basic things, you know, ensuring you have food, water, power, you know, heat if it's in the wintertime and uh, things like that for your family. But then, then outside of that, once you're prepared, once you have these things, okay, don't fret. Now it's time to focus on other people, Jay. Yeah, that's really the only reason we're here, and we've covered it in other interviews and other speakers have mentioned that, you know, the only reason God uh, keeps us here after we become Christians is so that we can share the good news, the gospel that we received, we can share that with others. Otherwise, once you become a Christian, just God zap us up to heaven, it would be much better for us. <laughs> but he leaves us here to use us. He, he doesn't need us, but he's chosen in his sovereignty to use us as part of his plan to spread the word. And so if that's the case, if that is the virtually sole reason we are here, what percentage of our lives do we spend doing that? And I, I don't even have the number in front of me because it was kind of a, a silly one anyway, but I just calculated <laughs> a typical person who might share their faith a few times a year with somebody, you know, in a grocery store for a few minutes, and I calculated the percentage, and it was like, you know, 0.000185% of their life, they were evangelizing and, and witnessing to people, and I thought that's, you know, we need to up our game. And so as we do take reasonable steps to provide for our families and mm-hmm. provide shelter and protection and think about you know, potential future events, we can do that, but we also need to be saying, okay, how are we actually using our situation around us as a platform to share the gospel? Because that should be first and foremost. And I guarantee you, if you pray that prayer saying, God, you give me the opportunity to share with someone, you confirm in my spirit that this is someone you want me to talk to. And if maybe you would even help me out get the conversation started, I will be faithful and follow through. Mm and allow the Holy Spirit to do all the heavy lifting. But uh, every single time I've prayed that, God has made it more than obvious of who I'm supposed to talk to. And it's usually we were able to get into a spiritual conversation pretty naturally and easily. You didn't have to hit him upside the head. So God God will do that. We just have to be willing to be used. And it's it's like low-hanging fruit to me right now with everything that's going on around us. It's so easy to yes. tie all this mayhem in to in the scripture and spiritual conversations. Yes, and we really, again, we have not been given a spirit of fear. Um, it, I don't know what the word was last year, but out of the verse, but on one of the Bible apps, the year 2020, uh, the verse of the year that was shared more, highlighted more than any other verse was Isaiah 41:10, which basically says, "Fear not, I am the Lord." And so fear not. It's one of the most common commands throughout Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. Believers in God and the Lord Jesus Christ are not to fear. Now we go forward. We take care of our families the best we can, and that's our responsibility, especially as as men, as providers, and as defenders of our families. But now you transition in your article, Are You a Prepper? And the question you ask about midway through, and I'll let you take it from here, Jay, are we there yet? Go ahead and share. Yeah, it's a you know, comical thing when you're driving in the car with your kids. You know, are we there yet? Are we there yet? 
Um, <laughs> so we, we wonder scripturally, the Bible talks about the end times and all these things, you know, are are we there yet? Are we right at the forefront of, of Christ's return? And my, my eschatology, uh, I believe that the next event to happen would be the rapture, which they say, you know, we call it imminent, meaning nothing else has to occur first. There aren't any other events that first have to occur, and then the rapture can occur. The rapture could occur at any time. And then after that, we would, you know, the Bible talks about a seven-year period of tribulation, and the end of which Christ does come in a second coming. That's after the rapture. Um, and then after that, thousand-year reign and things like that. So we're obviously not getting into a lot of depth in end-time events and eschatology that way. But with that laid out, um, I just I look at that thinking, okay, Jesus told the disciples, you know, they wanted to know the day and the hour in a sense. And Jesus is like, no, you're, nobody knows that. However, uh, when you see these other things happening, you'll know that it's close. Mm-hmm. And I I believe that we're seeing a lot of those things happening with world events today, with economics and diseases and natural disasters and Israel becoming, you know, a nation again, which has never happened to any other group of people that were disbanded and came back together again. And all those things, I, I think it's very clear that those are the things Jesus talked about. We are seeing them now. So that tells us it's close. What does that mean? means it's close. <laughs> I mean, it could could be tomorrow. It could be three years from now. I, I just don't think it's going to be 100 years from now or 500 or 10,000. I, I think it's going to be relatively soon. Mm-hmm. And even if we're a little bit off, that doesn't change at all what we should be doing. And one thing that ties into being able to, to talk to people around us is you you can just ask questions. You don't need to start spewing anything to them right away and and getting into an argument, just talk about what's happening around us with COVID and uh, all the other things with masking and vaccines and should you get it, should they force it, you know, all these things. Just get into a conversation, listen to what the other person is saying, and then you could even ask some questions like, so what do you think that means? I mean, what, like if you got COVID and you got really sick and you were on a ventilator and you didn't think you were going to live, what, you know, how would you feel about that? You know, what, what do you think would happen to you if you actually died? What do you think would happen to you? And, and listen to them, listen to what they say and then ask follow a question like, okay, that thanks for sharing that. What led you to that conclusion? What makes you think that that's the scenario? Listen to that answer and then ask them the question. Uh, how do you know you can be confident that that's accurate? You know, are mm-hmm. what percentage chance, you know, is, is that of being correct? And are you willing to gamble? Do you think you can know? Is there any way that anyone could actually know what's going to happen? Ask them those questions. And, you know, they'll probably say, you know, very, very quickly, they'll probably say, well, I hope that I would go to heaven, you know, don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure. Okay, well, why? Well, I think you know, I'm a pretty good person. And so they talk about that for a little bit. And you can ask them questions on, well, you know, how do you define good? How do you know that that's what the the standard is? And you know, that's what the requirement is, just kind of being good as long as you try it hard. And then, um, you know, how confident are you that that's actually true? And are you willing to gamble? And then when you ask them, well, could anyone really know for sure what would happen to them? You know, most likely they're going to say, well, no, you can't really know for sure. And I'd say, well, probably the only way you could know for sure is if God actually revealed to us what the criteria is and made it really clear. And it was kind of black and white. If if God were to have done that, <laughs> then you could know, right? And they would say, well, yeah. And then you'd say, well, it's interesting that that's what the Bible actually claims to be. It's it's claiming for itself that it is a message from the God who created all this. It tells us who he is, why he created this. He tells us what happened to the world, that perfect world he created. Mm-hmm. It talks about his plan to fix it, and it talks about how everything is going to play out through history. And that's where you can naturally get into saying, hey, you know, with this whole COVID passport thing, they're talking about, you know, you need to get the vaccine, and if you don't, you can't do certain things. Well, how is anyone going to know if you're vaccinated? Well, you get a passport you could take with you, well, that would make sense. You could show them your passport, and that's mm-hmm. how you get into the grocery store, into the bank, or to wherever. But what if someone steals your passport? And what if you forget it at home? Well, yeah, that's that'd be kind of a problem. Well, what if you didn't have this physical passport? What if you were able to actually have it on your body, like put it in a microchip? You know, that makes sense. And 
So that leads us to Sweden, and they, Sweden for years has been doing you know technology like this where they put a microchip under your skin. Yep. Um, but now with COVID, they're saying, hey, we can put the passport in this chip, have it right in your hand, and how convenient is that? And not only that, but you can maybe use it to unlock your car, you know, to, you unlock your bank accounts to get here and there, all these wow. convenient things, and have your health history on there. The doctor could just scan it. Oh, I can see that you... And you were diagnosed with diabetes eight years ago, and here's the medication you're on. And technologically speaking, it makes tons of sense. It makes lots of sense. It's very convenient. There's nothing morally wrong with the technology. But as things get worse in the world around us, all of a sudden they not only require you to have that chip and the vaccination, but it's also pledging your allegiance to whatever the new world leader is telling you you need to do. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the vaccine passport. It's swearing your allegiance. And if you don't, we're going to know who you are. You're one who is resisting the new uh, world government. And that's where it ties into Scripture, because Scripture has talked about that almost 2,000 years ago, that if you don't have the mark in your forehand or your forehead, you can't buy, trade, or sell you can get into conversations like that. You can just talking about the COVID passport, saying, what do you think? Should they require it? Should they not? Where do they think they'll go with it? And then you can say, you know what? It's interesting. The Bible actually talked about that like 2,000 years ago. And like, what? <laughs> yeah. You bring it up. And once you talk about that, they're like, what else does it say? And you, you got their attention. So it's, again, low-hanging fruit to get into these conversations. Yeah. And when we say BC these days, a lot of people are starting to say before COVID, uh, BC. Yeah. So that's biblical. No, but seriously, these vaccine passports, it is not the mark of the beast because no. people are not forced to take this and the beast is not on the scene yet. The beast, the, that world leader you alluded to. But it is fascinating that this is like a prelude or this is preparing the way for the acceptance of for people to take this mark, whatever that mark is on the right hand or on their foreheads. Um, and that's right in Sweden, you mentioned, but right here in Wisconsin, a couple years ago, there was at least one company whose employees willingly took a chip in their hand. And the chip, um, it was a scanner. Yeah, I mean, you could scan it and you could get all their information. They could get in and out, their security and, and all that. Uh, it's just fascinating that people are saying, yeah, but you used a word convenient because of what is convenient. And I think we need to Make sure we understand that this is this is not something we need to just blow off. Just because something's convenient doesn't mean it's necessarily good for us, uh, especially down the road. But in your article, Jay, are you a prepper? You made a very good point right after you mentioned uh, Revelation 13 and the mark uh, of the beast or the number of his name. Skeptics have scoffed at this type of scenario for years before COVID, BC, before COVID, people would have said, no way is that going to, people aren't going to take a chip or people aren't going to be required to have a, a vaccine or to travel or whatever to come and go to move throughout the country. No way is that going to happen. And now here's COVID and we're going, wow. But non-Christians are thinking that's, that's ridiculous. And I'm, I want to point them to a scripture over in second Peter chapter three, verse three. This is prophetic. A couple thousand years ago, Peter, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, Know this, first of all, that in the last days, and we are in the church age, we are in the last days, approaching the very end of times. It says, In the last days, mockers will come. Another translation, scoffers, will come with, with their mocking. And they're going to they're say, Where is the promise of Jesus' return? Where is the promise of his coming? And they've been saying this for, for centuries. So mockers have been here in the last couple thousand years, and they will continue to scoff at this scenario, even though we know it is going to be fulfilled. We know these signs are in part in the book of Revelation. So it's not just Sweden that's kind of opening people's eyes. It's what's happening in America also. Oh, yeah, it's all over. That, that passage you quoted, 2 Peter 3, is, is fascinating, and I won't go too far down this rabbit trail, but <laughs> the progression, Peter's, you know, 2,000 years ago, just about Peter's prophesying things, details of our time, and he's talking specifically about those skeptics who are doubting the return of Christ. Mm -hmm. Peter says that these skeptics are, you know, who are doubting the return of Christ, um, they're saying, where is this Christ? You've been talking about it. He hasn't come back yet. He's not here now. In fact, he's never coming back because 
everything continues on the way it always has from the beginning of the universe until now, meaning nothing major has come along to upset anything. It's just things smooth sailing, uniform processes going on and on. That's all that's ever occurred. They're doubting the return of Christ. And Peter said there are two reasons why these skeptics of our day are doubting the return of Christ. So, okay, the return of Christ is certainly the spiritual thing. So what's causing them to doubt that would probably be two other spiritual things. That's not what Peter says. Peter says the two things that are causing skeptics of our day to doubt the return of Christ, which all Christians are looking for right now, um, is number one, they reject the Genesis creation account. And number mm-hmm. two, they reject the Genesis flood. And you're thinking, wait a minute, you're this, you're the creation guy. That's why you bring that up. No, this is what Peter says. <laughs> when I first yep. read that, I thought, what, what is the, what's the connection here? And I totally get it. By rejecting the creation account, they reject God as the ultimate authority. Skeptics don't want to be under God's authority. So by rejecting him as creator, everything's just here, an accident, big bang, random, there's no absolutes. So they reject him as creator. And when they rejected the flood, what was the flood? The flood was God's judgment on sin. They don't see themselves as sinners needing judgment. They're good people. So by rejecting the flood, they're rejecting God's judgment. Rejecting Christ's return, that's another judgment. That's the second judgment, Peter says, not by water this time. It's going to be by fire. Mm-hmm. That's why skeptics of our day are rejecting and doubting the return of Christ is because they reject creation and the flood. And what's interesting is today, every single secular scientist rejects the Genesis creation account and the flood, but sadly... Even many Christians now reject the creation account and the flood. They Mm. think, oh, yeah, God's the creator, but he didn't do it the way it says in Genesis because we know better now um, because we've got scientists and we've got radiometric dating and we know it didn't happen in those six days and that it wasn't a flood because secular geologists don't buy into a worldwide flood. They say there's no evidence, and so we have to read Scripture differently because we know better now, just like what happened in the garden. Satan got in there and said, half God said, did God really say this or that? And Satan takes God's words out of context, twists them and misquotes them, and gets Eve to doubt God's word. That's what's happening today, is not only do skeptics doubt God's word, but even Christians have a better idea and tell, try to tell God what he actually meant. Mm-hmm. And that verse you were mentioning, Second Peter uh, 3, verse 7, by his word, the present heavens and earth are being reserved for fire, kept till the day of the judgment, because it just got done explaining that while, while people are mocking, while they're skeptics and mockers and scoffers, it escapes their notice that by the word of God, the heavens existed long ago, and the earth was formed out of water and by water, through which the world at that time was destroyed by being flooded, by the flood. And then it goes on and talks about don't let this fact escape your notice. With the Lord, one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day— reminding everybody that God's, God is not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. So there's some very important points in 2 Peter 3 about judgment, but God gets no joy out of the death or the eternal damnation of people. He wants people to be saved. We have to make that decision. We have to proclaim the gospel. Jay Secret is our guest, thestartingpointproject.com. If you'd like to check out his website, we will also link to the question of the month. Are you a prepper? And a lot more with Jay Seeger. We'll wrap up this article when we come back on Stand Up for the Truth. Keep it right here. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Jay Siegert is our guest today, thestartingpointproject.com, for more information on Jay and his ministry. And uh, back in August last year, I wrote an article called Perpetual Conflict and Destabilization. The issue is never the issue. And the old Marxist saying is the issue is the revolution because that's what they are focusing on. That's what they are trying to use to destroy not only America, but they're trying to weaken governments so that they will come under the power of the 
elite, the globalists in some sort of world, you know, one really a new world order is what their goal is. But I want to quote C.S. Lewis and bring the spiritual aspect to this and let Jay Seeger speak to this idea. Um, C.S. Lewis said, there is no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. You know, very interesting. Jay Seeger, your thoughts on the issue is never the issue. Yeah, we get uh, distracted and uh, misdirection. Magicians use that all the time (laughs) when they give misdirection. So you're watching something intently because you're thinking they're they're doing something mischievous here. (laughs) Really doing it somewhere else, but they've got your focus off. And Mm -hmm. a lot of these things that we're dealing with today are the same thing. It's misdirection. And I, you know, my opinion is even like with critical race theory, I don't think the people who are pushing that are really concerned about helping a particular race of people. (laughs) It is an issue that works really well to accomplish their more Marxist-like goals. And and pretty much everything else that comes up, it's not even that certain people care so much about your health and they just want you to get vaccinated because they're concerned about COVID affecting you. It's an issue that allows them to control and to raise taxes and do this, and we have to have more government entities to carry out these solutions, which takes more tax dollars, which weakens the economy, which weakens individual choices, and on and on. So like you said, it's it's about the revolution. They want to accomplish something, mm-hmm. and things like COVID and critical race theory and, and uh, transgenderism, those are all useful tools to shame people and get them into uh, fear mode and to pit them against each other as you accomplish the bigger picture. And we see that happening all around us, which is sad because there are true racial issues that we could deal with, but they're being ignored because they're focused on critical race theory, which is really trying to accomplish something else. So it's unfortunate that we allow ourselves to get distracted and not to see what's really going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And we also have to recognize this has been going on before we were all born. I mean, this is just a satanic agenda. It's demonically inspired. Uh, we have to recognize, as C.S. Lewis said, there is definitely a, div- a divide in the realm of the Spirit. And even Jesus said, you are either for me or against me. He said, every kingdom divided against itself you know, is laid waste, or it cannot stand. The church must not be divided. But the world, that we've got this spiritual division. You are either for Christ or against Christ. You are either with him or you're not with him. And I want to mention, uh, along the lines of this idea didn't happen overnight, Dr. Carol Swain uh, said something I think most of us can agree with. She said, I believe vaccine mandates are a dress rehearsal for something more sinister coming down the pike. I love America, but do not trust its current leaders. I believe they are capable of great evil and that some have conspired with our foreign enemies. Jay Siegert, uh, Jeremiah chapter, uh, I believe, 17, verse 9 says, The heart of man is evil. It's wicked. It's beyond cure. So when she says, I believe these governments, these elites, these power elites, globalists, they are capable of great evil, we've seen that evil be unleashed over the past centuries, but we're seeing a new level of it and in different ways today, aren't we? Yeah, it's just a different flavor. <clears throat> when you think about <laughs> World War II and the, and the Holocaust, we, you know, you and I, we just can't fathom that happening, but yet it happened not long ago. This mm-hmm. wasn't 500 years ago or 2,000 years ago. This was in the lifetimes of many people that are alive today, yes. yet it's being whitewashed out of our educational systems. And so younger people are totally oblivious to what that really was or with Pol Pot and the killing fields and all these other things. Those were horrendous things that happened. Millions of people were slaughtered, <clears throat> but we're not far past it. It's almost like um, God creates the world. It's perfect. And Cain kills Abel, and things get so bad that almost 1,700 years later, God says, that, that's it. I, I am judging. I'm judging this world. I'm wiping them out. He sends a flood to wipe them out. That's how bad it was. Then you have eight people surviving, six of which start to repopulate the earth. There's a lot of interesting things behind that. But right after that, God had commanded them to be fruitful, multiply, and spread out and fill the earth, and they disobeyed right away. They just went through a worldwide flood where almost everyone died, and they're disobeying so quickly they've already forgotten. 
what God did, chosen to forget. So we're choosing to forget what happened recently in Germany and Mm -hmm. North Korea and China, and we're seeing leading towards that again by, oh, no, they would never do anything that bad. And that's what always happens. They say, well, okay, so it's okay for a man to marry another man. Well, what about what if a man wanted to marry a boy? What if a man wanted to marry two other men or three women in a tree? And oh, come on, that would never happen. Well, then that happens, and then it mm. goes. To, they're always pushing the envelope. And now, with, well, yeah, they they make you wear a mask, but they're not going to force you to be vaccinated. Well, then that would be the next step. Well, yeah, they force you to be vaccinated, but they're not going to force you to have a chip in you. Well, they force you to have a chip in you, but they're not going to say you can't go to the grocery store if you don't have the chip. You know. <laughs> And they're always naive, and we kind of buy into it, but that's the progression we've seen. How mm-hmm. could we not see it happening before us? I know. I think it's, is it human nature, Jay, or is it, do you think, the teachings of the Bible that uh, that that try to influence us to to give people the benefit of the doubt? We're always trying to, we're, we want to expect the best in people. We want to believe that um, others are, are also trying to, quote, love their neighbor, right? Uh, but that's not the case. So, so it can lead to people being very naive and very ignorant about really the evil all around them. And I think some people purposely deny that it's happening they, because maybe they can't handle it. Uh, they, they don't want to go there because they'll get overwhelmed. So I think as Christians, we must be discerning. We are warned throughout the pages of Scripture. There's so much that we could talk about on this point. But we have to be different. We are to be peculiar and different and discerning, and we are not of this world. But yet, right now, this is our time. We're here for such a time as this. And as you pointed out in your article, um, the, the time for right now is to point people to Jesus, away from the fear and the world and the distraction, the upheaval and potential chaos, more of it, that's coming down the road, and get people to recognize that we have a choice to make, a decision to make regarding our future. Yeah, it's it's very important that people realize that they're either choosing Christ or choosing against Him. There is no neutral ground. People say, well, you know, I'll, I'll think about it later. Well, okay, you, you might think about it later, but that means today you're choosing to reject Christ, even though you don't like to think of it that way. We need to let them know. And also, things were so bad at the time of the flood, that God said, that that's it. I, I'm wiping out, I'm judging this planet. And Jesus said, as as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the days of the return of the Son of Man when Jesus comes back. And there are so many semi-parallels that are happening today that were similar to what was happening back then, that it's just another sign that God's judgment is coming soon. And again, we have a perfect platform to be sharing that with us. It's not up to us to twist their arm and get them to make a decision. It's up to us to share the truth, and then the Holy Spirit can can provide conviction. But that person still has to make a choice, and we just have to be the middlemen to share the message. And if they disagree with what we're saying, they don't really have a problem with us directly. It's with God's Word, and someday they will be accountable. Every knee will bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord in, second, or in um, uh, Philippians 2. Um, we just need to proclaim that message in a caring way. We're not saying we're better than you, and this is what's going to happen to you. We're saying we care so much, we want you to hear the truth, but it's going to be up to you as to what you decide to do with it. Mm-hmm. And um, one thing you pointed out earlier, it's very interesting that um, we tend to listen to the, the so-called experts, and we, we tend at times to put more faith into, in some leaders, whether it be government or uh, doctors or scientists, more than we do put faith in the Word of God, Almighty God. We have the truth. We know the Bible is true, but yet someone tells us about something. And you said something very interesting, because there's, different, uh, there's, there's been a uh, disagreement on settled science, right? Nothing's settled. But you just said something interesting, Jay. Uh, secular scientists, which I believe is an oxymoron, but uh, <laughs> because most of them are secular. Most of, most of them are. Many are atheists. Most of them do not believe in God. Uh, but we look at them and go, okay, well, yeah, they have the answers. Yeah, let's believe that. But now we're seeing some of the things that just don't line up with, especially Dr. Fauci and the original, quote, doctors and scientists that uh, gave their whatever advice on what to do, how to handle COVID. And there's there 
all over the place in their advice or their mandates or their counsel on how we should approach this. So we really have to go back to the Word of God. That's the only foundational true standard that we can actually bank on today, tomorrow, and in eternity, correct? Oh, yeah. I mean, Philippians, I think it's Philippians 4, 6, and 7. You'll be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I, I go back and I look at that and thinking, okay, we're not to be worried about anything. But in everything that's going on, we're to be you know, prayerful about it in supplication before God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding, we don't get it, but the peace of God will keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So when you don't know what's going on around you and nobody knows, um, the only thing you can trust is Christ. So you can look at the statistics and listen to different doctors and scientists and all that, but you will never know which one's right. Even the Christian ones, you won't know if they're correct about their interpretation. So mm-hmm. ultimately you have to say, okay, okay, God, I've listened to both sides. I have a thoughts and opinions, but I have no idea if I'm right. Independent of that, what do you want me to do? That's what everyone can do. It's not out of your reach. Every Christian can be in prayer and be in Scripture saying, independent of what's going on around me, what do you want me to be doing? Jay Siegert, we've got, let's see, three minutes left, and I'm looking at your upcoming events. You're, I believe you're speaking at a church this coming weekend, correct? How can people find out more about that? Yeah, if they go to uh, the startingpointproject.com, just click on our events calendar. I'm, I'm local here this weekend. I've got... Uh, a men's breakfast Saturday. I got a church in prayer to Sheen on Sunday, and I'm flying out to Virginia to record eight new videos. Um, I've got a bunch of events coming up. We have five Grand Canyon tours this uh, this year. So wow. if anyone wants to go on a Grand Canyon tour and learn all about the authority of Scripture and the Genesis flood, and it's unbelievable trip. Uh, you'll go to our website, see the details of some of those trips, and. Um, doing a pro two pro life banquets out in Washington State, um, and and on and on. There's just so much going on. But wow, check out our calendar. You can sign up for the free email newsletter, and that'll that'll send it to you proactively once a month through an email. You'll see our speaking events. All right, we talked to Heidi St. John yesterday, the busy mom. She's out there in Washington yeah. State, and she's going to be running for office, running for Congress. She is campaigning now. But, uh, Jay, you have at least three tours, uh, two in August, one in September. Is there one before that? Well, there's the two others. One's already booked full, so we don't have it listed okay. on there. Okay. And then the other one is one that I'm doing with an, another uh, another tour guide, and it's kind of just something he and I are doing. But, so, but there are three that are available okay. for anyone else, and we have room on all three of those trips, two in August and one in September. Grand Canyon Tours. Uh, any one of those with Russ Miller? Yeah, actually, two two of them are with Russ, and then the third one that I'm just doing is just with Russ again. Yeah, so Russ and I do a <laughs> couple tours together. I got so many requests, I started doing some apart from him because he couldn't fit them all in, and so but we we both uh, we do the tours together, and it's generally and it's a lot of fun, uh, easy trip, family friendly, awesome. safe trips, stay in hotels, eat good food, and learn a little more about the authority God's word all, all along the way. Oh, and just to, just to see the Grand Canyon, man. The pictures don't do it justice. No, um, not at all. Yeah. Hey, Jay, thank you so much for your time, and uh, we will connect to your article at standupforthetruth.com in today's podcast post. God bless you, brother. We'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. All right, tomorrow we have Dr. James Taylor on the podcast. His specialty is education and critical race theory. John Haller, prophecy expert on Thursday. Jan Markell, understanding the Times Radio and Olive Tree Views on Friday. And I've got a couple more seconds to highlight uh, second time with us, Natasha Crane. Next week she's got a brand new book out. Phenomenal woman of God, an apologist. Thank you guys so much. As always, God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.